From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm, and this show has everything. We'll take a stroll through the streets of a Tennessee city, count cars of a specific color, fight the break of dawn because why? I'm not quite sure, and celebrate our multifaceted identities as women. We are heading back to our 90s heydays and the catchy, inescapable songs from the largely forgettable artists who ruled the airwaves for one brief, shining moment. And joining me to showcase our most memorable one-hit 90s wonders from middle-aged mama studios in Austin, Texas, she gets knocked down, but she gets up again. It's Hillary Livingston Butler. Hi, Hillary. Hi. Actually, when I um, when when I was telling my coworkers that this was our topic, somebody started playing this over their computer, and I was no. like, "Did you know that they're anarchists?" And everybody was like, "I don't want to talk about that." Like, I'm like, "I'm like pop up video over here." And also along for this ride from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan. She smells sex and candy. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's Meredith, Who's the MVH fan arn. Hi, Meredith. Hi. Yeah, somebody is lounging in my chair, and it's wonky, actually. <laughs> She's in my other chair next to me. Thanks a lot. How dare she? She'll come up again in this episode, actually. <laughs> On today's show, we'll begin with a little small talk. We'll see what's in the mailbag. We'll roll around in the nostalgia of the mediocre music of our youth. We'll make some Tishi recommendations and let you know how you can get involved with the show. Well, let's get to the small talk, Hillary. We've got a lot to talk about. We do. We do. Okay. So um, a couple of weeks ago, my mom was going, my mom's cleaning stuff out and she was going through some file folder and she was like, oh, look what I found and sent me a screenshot of an email I had sent her. So I guess what had happened, I had sent, I went to Europe as I talked about last week and I guess I sent emails to all the people I thought that were interested in my 1999 travel blog, apparently. And my parents, being the you know boomers they are, printed it out and read it. <laughs> um, and I guess they had just like kept it. I don't think they kept them like, oh, these are so special. But it was just sort of like they printed them and just put them somewhere. Um, so she sent it to me and I thought it was really funny. And then uh, like a couple days later, my mom or dad said, did you get the package we sent? And I was like, no, I haven't gotten anything. We kept, they kept asking, like, did you get it? And I hadn't gotten anything. And I'm like, did you send me money? Like, what is in this package? I'm really excited. Like, and then my dad was like, no, it's not money. It's not money. Finally, like two weeks later, thanks USPS, it finally came. And it is a treasure trove of my emails um, from European studies in the fall of 1999. Now, in reading these, um, I it just... You know, when you when you hear a song, speaking of 1999, when you hear a song like Mambo Number no. 5, which was very popular in Europe when I went over there, um, or oh, I'm Blue Dabba Deba I had a moment <laughs> when I was picking songs. <laughs> yep, me too. Um, blue Dabba Dee Dabba That was like huge over there. Oof. Anyway, um, yeah, no, there were some, there were some not great ones. Um, but I, you, you're filled with this nostalgia that's like because it was a happy time in my life, it's like almost painful to like read them because you're like, Oh God, I remember it. It seems so far away, but also I remember all these feelings and whatever. Anyway, reading through these, it remains true that while mm, some of my capitalization and grammar and spell check were really off and, or not utilized at all. Um, 
I was essentially the same person in 1999 <laughs> that I am now. I'm just like reading these and I'm like, yeah, okay. It's very conversational. Like I have this audience that is, you know, just waiting with bated breath on what my next, um, <laughs> my next uh, missive is going to be. But I, a lot of them are long. In fact, I have one that says, warning, this is a really long email. <laughs> but I included, the funniest thing about it is I didn't include, like I didn't write separate emails. Like, oh, these are from my friends, like the more like R-rated, not R-rated, PG-13 ones. And then these are my, for my parents. I included my mom, my dad, my aunt, my siblings, my friends, my ex-boyfriend who I thought I'd broken up with, but I actually apparently hadn't broken up with, which I found out when I got back. Um, Miscommunication there. Oops. And then just other friends, my aunt, like another aunt, some really weird people, but the only there's, I'll read this one part about us being in Amsterdam that made me laugh. And this is a long, long story about again, whatever. Um, I said, we went out that night and had a blast. (laughs) Uh, We went to the red light district. It was insane. Rachel, who was my college roommate, Rachel thought it was depressing. I just thought it was weird, but very interesting. We went, then went home around two to a nice big bed in a clean hotel because we had had to stay at a hostel the night before. And that was like very traumatic to us. The next day we woke up and went out for a while. A bunch of us went to the Van Gogh museum. That was really cool. By the way, I'm 99% sure I did not go to the Van Gogh Museum, but I thought I had to say that because <laughs> my parents would be mad at me if I didn't go to the Van Gogh Museum. Um, I liked it a lot. Then, dot, 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 Rachel and I went to the Sex Museum. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much, seeing as who's on my mailing list, but it was shocking to say the least. <laughs> I'm like, why did I need to include all of these details? Anyway, it is funny to read... Um, Blast from the past. Oh, and this is the P.S. Love, Hillary. P.S. My birthday is a month from today. Don't forget. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> yeah, that is you. <laughs> yeah, I really haven't changed. And then I another one I said, it's like 80 degrees here. That's when I was in Greece. It's like 80 degrees here and wonderful. I'm already a little tan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my uh, priorities have not changed. But it was um, exciting. This email does this. It's from my AOL email. It does not exist anymore. But I was I was happy this time that I my parents kept these funny, I don't know, just you know, a snapshot in Hillary's life of something that was really, really, really cool. And I'm glad that I memorialized it. But oh gosh, twenty twenty one year old me is both not different and completely different. I think I've divined the perfect job for you. <laughs> yes, it's when Kelly Ripper retires. You <laughs> yes. need that oh my chair. Gosh. Uh, mm. uh, I, you know, Rachel, my college roommate always said, I think you'd be a good talk show host. And I was like, God, I'd love to be a talk show host. So I'd have to, so this is why I do like Kelly Ripa because she is a fan. Like she isn't somebody who is like this stentorian, like, you know, just, I'm so middle. I have no feelings about you whatsoever. Like I'm a fan of things and it would be very fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know. Let's go run it back and I'll, and I'll try, I'll try for that. <laughs> um, but yes, if anybody wants to read them, I'm ha- I'll happily send them. There's no personal, I don't, I don't think any of these emails have uh, stayed the same. So uh, uh, email addresses. So I'll send them on. Um, Meredith, tell us, you made a shrub. I did. Are you God? Yeah. You've been doing some gardening. No, yes. not gardening. Um, <gasps> This is an update on my passion fruit plea, and there was a suggestion to make shrubs, and I did. And I've made shrub, and a shrub is a drink mix that includes fruit and vinegar. And before you puke, um, let me assure you that it's actually very delicious. 
Um, so I took, God, I don't even know, two cups maybe of passion fruit goo and whizzed it in the blender to break it up. I strained it. So I just got the juice and not the seeds. And then I mixed in champagne vinegar. Ooh. And I let that sit in the fridge for and with some sugar with for about a week. And then you add it to a glass with some ice and some soda water on top. And you can put booze in it if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, and it's so delicious and so refreshing. It's got a little bit of a sour zing to it, which I love. And passion yeah. fruit's already a little bit sour. So it was super, super good. So I still have this concentrate in my fridge and I'm slowly working my way through and adding Topo Chico to it. It's Ooh. terrific. That's fun. Yes. Look Gosh. at you, mixologist. You're like a fancy lady. I'm like a you fancy are. chef lady. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you are I'm impressed I also need to update I didn't put this on the show sheet but last weekend uh, I have an OJ update Um, I went to Grand Rapids for my stepdad's 70th birthday and Olivia (laughs) it's a long stupid story but I ran into my dad um, and he's not invited to my mom and stepdad's parties usually so this was happenstance not yeah yeah, but cool. we had to be in the neighborhood, and there was there was a street fair um, that happens every year where he lives, and it's great to be his daughter at that time of year because I can park in his driveway. <laughs> so we mm. went, oh, we yeah. parked in his driveway and sh- surprised him, which is not something I get to do very often. We don't just pop over because we live two and a half hours away. Sure. Um, so we popped over, and he has two classic cars, and he was in the driveway, like, holding court with every dad that walked by talking <laughs> about his cars. Um, and so we just, like, pulled up and, like, waved to him, and he did a double take. So that was fun. But anyway, he was like, hey, did you see what happened to Olivia? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? She's supposed to be at mom's house today, so I'm going to see her later. And he was like, well, you might not. And he showed me a picture on his phone, and she had got she had a huge goose egg on her eye. And oh, he said, oh, maybe. We, we think what happened is that she was coloring with chalk outside, and she got some chalk in her eye, and it turned into an abscess, and it got terribly oh. infected. Oh. And over Sounds the course like she's of related a, to you. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of a week, they took her to the doctor, to the ophthalmologist, and to urgent care, and they were all like, mm-hmm. So they finally just had to take her to the hospital and they did, mm-hmm. they were going to do surgery, but they were like, well, oh let's try IV antibiotics first. So she had to be admitted overnight for IV antibiotics. Oh, and so I baby. texted, I know I texted the group and I was like, what's up with Olivia? Are you guys, I assume you're not coming. And they're like, oh, we'll, sh- we'll tell you all about it when we're there. So they actually did show up at my mom's house and she was like she bounded over to me and gave me a hug and and dumped out her bag of toys that she got and like she got like hillary that picture you just sent with that avocado popper thing yes it's like a what would you how would you describe that thing it's like a bubble wrap but reusable yes yes (laughs) yes it is it is the one like you know fidgety thing that i love because it is it's like popping bubble wrap yeah 
So they but gave not her as noisy. Like three different ones of those. They gave her a, an Olaf from Frozen book. Yes. Um, oh, they, I'm aware of yeah, Olaf. Yeah. <laughs> me too, unfortunately. Um, a million little toys. She showed me where they put her IV in. She told me all about the tape. And she was like, they were so nice at the hospital. And they have a playground. And she was just like so thrilled to have Can gone we go to, to the, the hospital, hospital again yes. next week? Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm going to put chalk fun. in my eye every day. <laughs> Poor baby. You know what? I, um, this is not the same thing, but I remember in college, I had this, like, right at my, like, tear duct, I had this, I I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, it was like a, it seemed like a cyst, sort of. And so Mm -hmm. I think I went to the dermatologist first, and they were like, we can't touch that because it's too close to your eye. I mean, it was sort of the similar thing. Like it's too close to your eye. We, you need to go to the eye doctor. And I went to the eye doctor and they were like, that's a skin thing. Like this is not for us. And I'm <laughs> like, who do I go to? And then I just kind of, pest- I think it was like a, z- I don't know what it was. Cause then it was like popped and it was like d- over. Like it was fine, yeah. but it is that you're kind of caught. Nobody wants to deal with something that close to the eye or whatever. Um, so it sounds like she was sort of in a similar, yep. like they're like, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of that she got the runaround in that way for sure. Um, but as How lot, old is she again? She's four. She'll be five next month. Okay. Um, and her mom said that she was in really good spirits as long as they were giving her Motrin and that was yeah. keeping the pain down and they were doing warm compresses. And as long as they were doing that regularly, she wasn't upset. So she was just being her normal self just with one like fully swollen shut eye. Poor <laughs> like, kiddo. God. I know. But it was she was totally fine we played outside she rode her bike um my stepbrother ben was there in town to see his dad for his 70th birthday and i hadn't seen him in literally years because of the pandemic so that was yeah. really nice um cool. so it was a lovely weekend mm. that's nice yeah and it's actually like folly is it fall a little there? bit it's it's like weirdly warm the last couple days it's like 80 something today but yep. um before that it it has been quite comfortable we had a brush with fallish weather, and now yeah. it's ninety-five degrees again. So you know it's fine. Whatever, whatever. All right, should we move to the mailbag? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, last week's question of the week was, "What was your internship experience?" And I was a little bit nervous that people were going to answer, but we got some good answers. Um, Missy says, "The biggest scam known to education: student teaching." <laughs> I paid well, my parents, yeah, well, my parents for six credit hours to work 40 hours a week for free for an entire semester. Also, the teachers don't get paid to have a student teacher, and sometimes they are a hindrance in your classroom. The state of Texas now requires an entire year of student teaching. Hmm, something about dismantling public education, grumble. Hmm. Um, Denny says, I secured my internship through my great uncle. Hello, nepotism. You and Anne can talk. No, I'm just <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> through my great uncle, who was a chemist at Clinton Corn Processing. I got a summer job in the plant at Union Wage. Whoa. Uh, my first night shift on the job, I spent eight hours dumping 40 pounds of 40 pound bags of activated charcoal into a big tank to make it slurry, which I then sent down valve and pipes to the corn syrup processing area, one floor below. I went home to my grandmother's house and cried myself to sleep. It got better when I got assigned to the starch plant. Oh my God. Wow. That's tough. Oof. You'd be like in really good shape after that. Like really good shape. You're like, like big muscles. That sounds like Uh, a good way to find out what you don't want to do with your life. Yeah. My dad always said, I think it was pea picking he did because he lived in rural, grew up in rural Wisconsin. So he spent a summer like harvesting peas by Mm -hmm. hand. He said that it was just the pits. No, thank you. 
My yeah, mom's first job was picking strawberries. And my dad's Ooh. first job was picking uh, cucumbers for Heinz. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like for pickles? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Okay, Colian says, I got an internship at a local TV station, hello, near my college town. Since it was a small market, I could do a lot without worrying about the ire of unions. That was not a problem in Texas. Um, I edited video clips, wrote short news stories, went to press conferences, completely unpaid, but it was a good experience. Hmm. Yeah, same. Um, Carolyn says, mine wasn't too bad. It was the marketing department of, of a grand old department store chain. The offices were in, down, in the downtown flagship store, which still had a functioning pneumatic tube system. Ooh. Oh. God, do you remember when my mom would go to the bank and like cash it? Cause she loves like cashing a check and yeah. I'd be like, can I do it? Can I do it? Through, right. <laughs> yes. Yes. We had Please them at the hospital and they would send like prescriptions and orders and stuff yeah. around, and zip it around the hospital. So cool. Oh, it's so cool. And we should use those more. I mean, I guess there's a lot of like, um, infrastructure that has to go in, but it's so yep. cool. <laughs> um, all of the departments had interns who spent their free time sending messages through the tubes and going on the roof to smoke. <laughs> Aside from not being remotely helpful and getting my future jobs, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds great. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, Sarah says, I somehow got a summer internship at the Baltimore Public Radio working for the then Daily Call-In Mark Steiner Show. I was likely not a very helpful assistant to a very stressed producer. I also got housed in in the charming Hampton neighborhood by an extremely kind chef who was a supporter of the public radio station. I stayed mm. in his tiny guest room. He had another roommate and at the end of the week, he'd play lust for life to celebrate. I can't for the life of me explain how I made any of those things happen other than being uh, a relatively put together person and asking question mm. mark. Hey, it worked yeah. for you. Yeah. 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 It's like all of these things like, this is not the same thing, but when I was reading through my emails and I was like, how did I, g-? I met a friend a high school friend in London. I did not have a cell phone and I met her. I went from Oxford to London by myself, which is like not a big deal. I know how to read transcript, but I'm like, how did I find her? You know, your brain stops working. Like, how did I find? I don't know how we did anything before. Dorm. Like she told me, and I guess I just wrote it down and asked somebody like, how do I get to this? I I don't know. It's just so kind of crazy to think there. Well, we could do it once upon a time. I was able to do it. I could do it. Um, all right, let's see. Joellen says, I got an internship at an ad agency making Wilford Brimley diabetes infomercials. And no, my entire job me. was diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Diabetes. Diabetes. And my entire job was making sure he was happy for a whopping $7 an hour. Mm-hmm. What was that gentle old cocoon diabetes loving man like? He screamed at me because he didn't like his coffee, threw a <gasps> sandwich at me, referred to me as chubby sugar tits, Whoa. and asked someone if I was a... Uh, Jewish American princess. Uh, still not sure uh, what he was asking there. Also, the owner of the a- agency ate my sandwich. And I couldn't afford to buy anything else, so I ate Wilfred's leftovers, and he threatened to have me fired for eating his trash. I hated every moment. Moment. They offered me a job with a salary of $16,000 a year, and I took it because I needed a job. I lasted four months and called it approximately 20 times. Oh, oh, approximately times. oh my awful. God. Sounds terrible. I actually hadn't fully read that. I read the first sentence and I was like, Oh funny. That's weird. And then, Oh my God. That's, Oh, come on. Wilford Brimley. Sounds delightful. Now. What a nice yeah. fella. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, gross. Okay. 
Wow. Um, Amanda says, my senior year of college, I was required to do a nine-month internship unpaid. I couldn't afford not to uh, work. So I worked. That is crazy. I worked in the morning at a hospital. Then went in the afternoon to the juvenile court detention center where I was a probation counselor. My major was social work. Then I took classes at night. It was exhausting. The main thing I learned from my internship was I did not want a career in the legal system. It was not for me. I did, however, go to work in hospitals for most of my career. So that part-time job really paid off. Well, that's good. I mean, th- that's a valuable thing, again, to let you know what yes. you don't want. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't have to fit perfectly. Okay, Rosemary says, when I was in college, I interned at the Tennessee Office of Film, Entertainment, and Music, and then later at the Memphis and Shelby County Music Commission. Both experiences were fantastic and came with insane perks, perks such as film screenings, visiting the set of a Lifetime movie starring Dolly Parton, receiving an autographed hat show print poster signed by Dolly from amazing co-workers, working with Jerry Schilling, who was a personal bestie of Elvis, meeting Sam uh, and Knox Phillips of Sun Studio, meeting... Deanie Parker of Stacks, getting my picture made with Ike Turner, taken by none other than Hillary Livingston Butler, and so much more. Um, I was going to say, it sounds like Rosemary beat you to the sign-up sheet on that one. Yeah, Uh, She totally did, and we were both poli-sci majors, I don't know, and film minors. Like, we had the same trajectory, although she's an attorney now, and I am certainly not. But, um, yeah, it was such a cool, it was such a cool internship, and I don't know why there was some, like, I think it was a behind the music or something of stacks. I can't remember. We went to some screening of it and, um, and, um, what's his face was there. Um, Ike Turner was there and he was like a little, very little. I mean, he was like Rosemary's height and Rosemary is about my height, like five, four. Um, and <laughs> why didn't you say he was it? about my height? <laughs> I know. I, that is kind of a roundabout way. But I just, because they were standing next to each other. And I remember being like, that's so weird i imagined him to be bigger but then i took the picture and he said now don't be using it for like target practice or anything we were like okay and we ran off um but it was a really cool and i think i've told this story before but jerry Schilling was the one that was sort of the he was like in the elvis crew but he actually like did stuff afterwards like he was a producer and all that and when i met him when he worked when rosemary worked with him she said this is my friend hillary livingston and he said oh that's a great name and i was like (laughs) okay and then when i was in los angeles i was at the coffee bean and tea leaf on sunset and i recognized him because he's kind of a recognizable guy and he said his put his name as jerry for the order and i like nervously kind of went up to him and i said i'm sorry are you jerry Schilling? are you are you from memphis you know and he said well yes i am and i said well my friend rosemary worked blah 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 and he said oh yeah of course i remember rosemary what's your name and i said hillary livingston he said that's a great name and i was like well maybe i shouldn't have changed my name when i got married apparently (laughs) hillary livingston is the one i'm gonna bank out on um anyway it was very cool it was a very cool job and she yeah she surely beat me to it um Okay, and then finally, Lane says, I didn't do an internship, but I got close with research, close with research for credit in an um, hmm, organometallic chemistry lab as I was a chemistry undergrad. Um, it may not have paid actual money. That's what my other lab job was for. But it did pay off with an extremely valuable recommendation letter for grad school from the former president of the American Chemical Society, who was my advisor. Well, well that's all that matters. Cool. Yes. I yes. guess there are reasons other than money to do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, put yourself in the right place, meet yep. the right people, yep. all that kind of stuff. Since I couldn't yeah. be on last week because my internet was 
did. Um, <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> Briefly, my inter- internship experience was I worked at a hospital already called Spectrum Health in Grand Rapids, which is now called Corwell Health, which is a terrible name. Um, but I was a medical transcriptionist there and that's what I did all through undergrad and grad school. And I needed an internship and I was like, well, I already work at a hospital. Let me see if we have a research department. (laughs) So I found the research department and I asked them if they could use any help. And they were like, uh, we don't know. So why don't you come in for an interview? And I did come in for an interview and this, I was telling y'all before we started recording, I sat and talked to them for so long and I was crossing my legs and my, one of my feet fell fully asleep to where it was mm. entirely 100% dead and I couldn't feel it. And I stood up and fell down <laughs> immediately. Oh, well, <laughs> I have no experience with that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, you have about. no idea. You don't have a scar on <laughs> your leg from that or anything. Um, but the long and the short of it, aside from that embarrassment, they ended up hiring me as a paid intern. I made like not a lot, but some money. Um, and I kind of not to toot my own horn, but I sort of paved the way. They now have two interns every semester from my university at the hospital. So it's, uh, I'm a little proud of myself for that one. Yeah. You filled a need they didn't know they had. Yep. And now they they want they actually offered to hire me after school, um, but I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, and there's no one else here who knows what they're doing, so no, <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody else to help me. Um, so that's why I switched to a different hospital. But that's my internship experience. Well, it's good and bad, you know. Yep, it's helpful, but it made us all who it. we are. Yep. A, yes, yep. indeed, For, indeed. In the case of Joelle and gave a lot of trauma <laughs> inflicted by Wilford Brimley. Some really good stories that you can always pull out at a party. I mean, that's all I have to say about tits, that. Huh? Oh my god! <laughs> god, he's, so creative. He's, yeah, uh, Mel, Mel Gibson learned from the best. Mm-hmm. Like Wilford Brimley has any room to talk? Uh, yeah. Right. Speaking of sugar tits, Jesus Christ! Yeah, but diabetes like, guy. <laughs> I also like what. Like, I didn't know sugar tits was like a Mm-mm. common way to refer to a woman. I didn't know it was a real thing that anyone actually said, like, without but, being joke, without being like kidding. Yeah, I, it's very, that's very terrible. weird. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Ugh. Gross. All right, let's, let's brush that off. Any thoughts of Wilford Brimley? Because he was certainly not at his peak in the 90s. No, nope. he was not. Which is where we're going. We're heading (laughs) yes to the 90s. Um, As I said in the intro, our heyday, Hillary and I were in college for the latter half of the 90s. And Meredith was being a wild and crazy high school student. So that's the time in your life when I think music imprints on you. Yep. Yep. And I just, like, I was reviewing some of these songs today. Because it had been a while, and so I was looking at the YouTube um, videos for them, the official videos, and somebody wrote, it was the first comment under the video, like, being a child of the 90s was a dream, and I was like, are you mental? This music was terrible. (laughs) I mean, it's funny because... I like I love it and I know all the words to all literally every song that anybody listed on this but like it's 
objectively bad. Like, yeah. it's, it's not good. I mean, re- like, I didn't even realize at the time because I wasn't paying attention that much, but there is such a sound to yes. it. Like, yeah, the yes. instrumentation and the beats and everything. It's, there's such conformity to it. And probably if I went and looked at today's music, I would find the same thing because it's whatever breaks out, then yeah. there's a mad rush to do yeah. 900 of the same mm-hmm. to make your money while you can. But this was just not good. No. <laughs> so, I no. mean, some of the songs are super catchy. We've got a lot of those on there, but like the musicianship is lacking. <laughs> oh, it's very boring. A lot of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I was listening through and I was like, well, maybe if I listen to the second verse, it'll get better. No, it's no, just the no. same. It's like three no. verses and three choruses and it's all the same all the way through. And I'm like, I'm waiting for modulation or something interesting to happen. No. And it just doesn't. No. no, it doesn't. Well, it was all just sort of derivatives. Not all of these, but a no. lot of them are derivatives of like grunge. It's like sort of fourth wave grunge but it's not yeah. grunge anymore it it's like, like pop grunge pop- popified alterna rock sort that's of that's what yes. i kept yes. thinking when i was listening to these i was like oh i want to listen to nirvana this is so awful know. <laughs> <laughs> boy we're really giving it the the good sell positive sell boy, on listen, all of those I, songs i thoroughly enjoyed listening to like i will again like i said i know all of the words to every single one of these songs and it's not like i because, like, when I got um, the album 10, the Pearl Jam album 10, I sat down with my little, like, the little liner notes, and I memorized oh, yeah. all the lyrics oh, because yeah. I loved it so much that I was like, this is this is my stuff. These songs, it's not like I sat down and was like, I'm going to memorize these songs. They were just, like, embedded in your brain. Yeah, because they were not, everywhere. Because it's not like everywhere. we could choose what we listen to at all times. It was always yes. on the radio. Yes. And wherever you showed up. And like my freshman roommate was really like a music lover, a pop music lover in a way that I had never experienced before because I came from a strictly classical and NPR household. Like I I even remember looking in my dad's CD collection and being astonished that he had an Elton John record. Like I (laughs) never would have like from the seventies, right? Like it was so weird because that just wasn't my experience with my parents at all. And my friend group, I don't know, we really we didn't I don't know. I don't know. We just weren't we were into other things. I mean they were into Star Trek. Um and I just went along with it. Um but like when I got to college and this roommate, she just like she was so involved with it and the radio was on all the time to q104 the best of the 80s 90s and today which always infuriated me because i was like it's the 90s how could the 80s 90s (laughs) and today today's the 90 and i realized that they were you know establishing their branding for the next decade and a half but i hated it i thought it was stupid but like it just got into your pores somehow it did yep it did Yep. Can you remember, I, I was thinking about the liner notes thing, and I was like, I cannot remember the last time I had so little to do that I laid <laughs> on my bed and read lyrics yep. to a song. Oh, I, I used to was do going it to memorize all the time. Jeremy, not, not Holmes, but Jeremy the song, yep. like, it was my job. Like, oh, this I was is so happening. irritated when I got a CD and it did not have lyrics oh. in it. Like, oh. what are you even doing? <laughs> I, I think I was even one step worse because I wanted to know all the information, like who wrote this song, who was the lead yes. singer, yeah. what were the instrumentals, who was the producer, like, ugh, 
Yeah. What was I doing I with my life? <laughs> I don't know. Being a teenager. That's yeah, what I, yeah. That's what you do. You have nothing. I'm mean, we had other stuff to do, but God, yeah, you had oodles of time to to figure that stuff out. But yeah, these these don't with the exception of one of my songs, which I maybe did, I remember one of my songs where I remember being like, I think I can sing this with no without a backing track. Like I think I could just sing it because it was so omnipresent in mm-hmm. my life. Yep. So yeah. Well, so what we decided to do is we each got to choose three one hit ish. Like some of these yes. bands, I don't know if they had any more hits. They certainly weren't hits that I know, but we're, <laughs> you know, for the purposes of this exercise, we're calling them one hit wonders. So we each got yeah. to choose three. So we've got nine songs total. And I was like, yeah, that's a lot of songs until I went and started picking. I know it's overwhelming. And the things that almost made the list mm-hmm. are. Are numerous, numerous. Like, was it Jennifer Page's Crush? Crush? Oh. I haven't thought of that song in 20 (laughs) years. And when I saw that, like, you know, I'm sure you guys did too, but I looked up a couple of listicles on, like, 90s one-hit wonders, and that was on a number of them. And I was like, oh, my God, it just came flooding back. I know. That one, I like like that one. There was another one. Um, I almost chose Torn. By Natalie and yes. yeah. <laughs> Yep. I almost did too. <laughs> Do you guys remember um, Snow? Oh, who sang Informer? 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 Of course. Yep. He was, I, I went to the Wikipedia page for that song. That guy was a white Canadian reggae uh, yeah. artist. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yes. He was Irish. It did. It oh god, of like him and UB forty holding it up for the white yeah. guys. <laughs> it did bring up some fun ones like that. I was like, oh, I love that song, but I didn't choose it. Like no rain. I really did love that song. Ugh. I, I like remember getting ready for ninth grade and being like, I love this song. It's so cool. Or I the song. I did not choose it. This is a runner up. I love this song. Like late elementary, early. Uh, middle school black velvet i thought it was yes. like the coolest oh, I like song. so sexy <laughs> yeah. yes i think it was about elvis which okay whatever i don't know was that laura brannigan uh, or was that somebody else no, no it was shoot, um it is alana miles that's right <laughs> she also was canadian okay <laughs> alana miles laura brannigan completely different people yeah yeah totally different um so We'll go through these, but I think that if other things strike our fancy, like if if we remember things as we're going along, we should not like limit ourselves to this stuff. We were going to go around Robin on this, but I'm can I blow up this plan? Because I think we should try to go chronological-ish. Okay. Oh, okay. Boy. I think let's see if we can kind of figure this out together as we go. Because I, you know, I can kind of link it back to certain times in my yes. life that I think I think yeah. we can get close. I have years for a lot of these because I went through and looked at the YouTube video for each one of these and I wrote <laughs> down a lot of the years. So I Oh, that'll be good. That'll those. be good. And and I think I mean maybe we can talk about what made us choose these because I wouldn't say that the three I picked are like my favorite No, no, no. songs. Yeah. They're just yeah. the things that for whatever reason, spoke to me. Like so, yeah, uh, sure. one of them, I I have a very specific like memory linked to it, and the other ones, yes. well, you know, they just demanded to be chosen. Yep. So I, I guess yes, we're I not it. saying that these are necessarily good songs, 
or yep. songs that we really, really loved more than other songs of the 90s. But these are just the ones that like wriggled up through our subconsciouses. And yep, we exactly we had to do them. Yep. Oh, oh, Meredith just she's got it going on. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's let's start. Uh, is Lisa Loeb before Sir Mix a Lot? I no, no, no. Lisa Loeb is ninety four. No. She's ninety right. four. Well, let, let's start then. Uh, I guess we have to start with Meredith. I did oh my not gosh. know your first one was that old. Me neither. Um, so because I listened first... to it a lot in college. Yeah, yeah. My my first pick is Mark Cohn, who we all know and love for sure, and remember <laughs> who that guy is. Um, but the song is "Walking in Memphis," and this is 1991. And actually, I genuinely like this song. Yes, uh, it's too. a good song. Isn't he married to somebody? I, I mean, he's married probably. to somebody, but <laughs> he's he married, maybe to, married to Olivia Newton-John. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Put I, that I mean, obviously, Wikipedia. Let's see. Elizabeth Vargas, like from ABC News. Oh, he doesn't have a notable like spouse on his Wikipedia. He, Jennifer George. Who's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and then yeah, yeah, yeah Elizabeth yeah. Vargas. You're right. Yep. And he also performed at J Lo and Ben J Lo and Ben's wedding. I almost picked that. Do you remember that Mark Anthony song? What was that called? Oh yes. Uh, Speaking of J Lo, J Lo husbands. Uh, Need I need to know. Yes. I need to oh, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to know. <laughs> oh my gosh, Mark Cohn was shot in the head during an attempted carjacking yes, in Denver, Colorado. I, I don't remember, I remember that. While on concert I, tour with Suzanne Vega, <laughs> another person I almost because she yes. I didn't pick her because she has two, but right. Tom's Diner was very important to me yep. way back in the day. So anyway, walking in Memphis. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> It did get two Grammy nominations for Song of the Year and Best Pop Male Vocalist, and he won a Grammy for Best New Artist in oh, 1992, wow. and then just disappeared. I guess like he never I guess. put him in the same category as like Bruce Hornsby in the range. Yeah, I don't know if totally. that's yeah okay. Yeah, totally. like really like piano. It, it's not a. Is it a ballad? Not really, but it's kind of like soft piano esque. Yes. Like they could play it on Delilah, probably. Oh, totally, like, totally. Yeah. And one thing that I have in, sort of in in common is the third word that I, I guess stands out to me um, as I look at basically all the songs. I have no idea what any of them are about. Like I don't, like I know the words, but I never paid attention to the words. And I sure. think it sort of it may come from being a choral singer and singing in different languages so much of the time that you don't know. Like I've sung a ton of songs in like Latin. Latin I don't know what yeah. I'm singing. Right. Like, so I think it's just sort of the meaning of the lyrics doesn't actually register to me a lot of times. So I know there's something about Elvis and. Yeah. So there's actually a story behind this song. Um, and he went, he was, he's, he was living in New York city and he was feeling like stuck. He was having writer's block and somebody told him to take a trip to somewhere he'd never been. So he just kind of randomly decided to go to Memphis. And he visited the church where Al, where Al Green was a pastor. He mm-hmm. went to Graceland. And he went to a nightclub in Mississippi. Like, took a little detour. And the song is just like, there's no nuance at all. It's just like an autobiographical recounting what of happened. his trip. Um, 
and like there was he he talks about um somebody playing the piano and it was an actual woman at at a nightclub who was playing the piano and he talked to her and she's the one who said tell me are you a christian child and i said ma'am i am tonight tonight." but he's jewish (laughs) yes (laughs) so it's odd that this becomes a hit because it has such specificity, you know, and it seems like most of the the really popular songs have a kind of a universal, I don't know, vagueness that can apply to a lot of people. But this being about like a very specific experience, you would think that not a lot of people would be able to relate. But I guess it was just something in the imagery of it appealed to a lot of people. Well, and I think it's I think it's a really catchy song. Um, it is. It's a great song. I actually song. do like this song a lot. Um, so I think maybe the lyrics wouldn't matter so much. When yeah. I went to college in Memphis, I remember being like, this is my song. It's, it's walking in Memphis. Oh, and my yeah. friends that were going to university of Southern California were like, ours is California love. It's cooler than yours. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, fine. Rude. But, um, but I still, well, I still like both of those songs a lot. And no, it's a, it's a, it's especially when you're in Memphis and you're out on Beale Street and then they play it, everybody sort of like loses their yeah, mind. You know, it's like that. But you know, it's a good. Yes, you're like, yeah. Oh. Um, it's a good one. Yeah, and I don't think he's done a single hit since then. No, I don't think so. Sorry. Does he know. need to? No, probably no. not. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, we started with a good one. Um, yes. Let, I guess Meredith, you have to keep on going. It's just Do also I? like a a pinnacle of poetry. Yeah, is the, the next one. <laughs> so Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back um, was my next pick. And this is a 1992 track. Obviously, I think everybody knows this song. Uh, it also won a Grammy for Best Rap Solo Performance in 1993. Um, Best I, call out of Flojo. Yes, absolutely. Um, he was like, I like her butt. And it powered her towards a lot of success yeah um i i was shocked like i i everybody knows like oh my god becky look at her butt but the last part of that is uh, she says she's just so black black and i about is, fell out of my chair i forgot about that part um, it's pretty shocking and yeah because the kid i mean i'll listen to it with the kids sometimes and uh, uh, sometimes that part and then I don't know. It's because they played it on the radio that I'm like, oh, it's fine. And then you listen to the lyrics. You're like, it is not fine. (laughs) I could do without that intro. Like, we could really not. Well, and then when he's like, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns on. I'm like, I don't think I got what an anaconda Oh, I didn't either. (laughs) But then Nicki Minaj covered it. And I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) All right. I mean, it's interesting because, like, it is very like overtly sexual and it does objectify women quite a lot. Um, But it also is sort of like reaffirming that, you know, typical African-American woman's body is not disgusting as like, you know, general culture seems to make it seem like in the nineties when everybody wanted to look like Kate Moss. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So in that way, I guess it was sort of positive, but I don't know. I do actually remember being a developing young woman and being like, oh, okay. Like, I, did, I remember at first thinking the song was gross and then kind of being like, well, this is kind of me. So I guess I need to like <laughs> celebrate it. I guess this is the one thing that is, um, I do have a big butt. Um, so it was sort of, I mean, 
whatever. You, in 1992, you'll take whatever you yep. can get as far as like body positivity. Yeah, even this if it is it. still just like, well, have this kind of body, not that kind of body, which is a really <laughs> unhelpful message when you yeah. don't have any control over that. Yep. And, and I guess it was a very salacious song, especially for the time. But Sir Mix a Lot is so goofy in yes. his delivery of it like it never felt dangerous or threatening no because no. it's just the whole thing is just so silly it's so, so silly. silly and and this was like the height of mtv for me anyway and he's dancing on top of butt like super <laughs> fake looking weird butts it's so it's like funny beetlejuice land butts. yeah sort of, you yeah know? it really is <laughs> it really is um, and it was actually briefly banned by MTV, actually. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I also read that it was inspired by J-Lo's butt when he saw her as a fly girl on In Living Color, which is another well, show that, that I loved in the 90s. sounds apocryphal to me. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, pairing two things like that. I don't know. I The thing that always comes to me about this song was when I graduated from high school, we had the night of graduation, we had a lock-in. Did anybody else... Yeah, um, we had sort of. We had like a party that was a late night party at the. I always club wanted to, but we never got to do cool stuff like that. No. Well, we did have a lock in, you know, to keep the kids all in one place so they wouldn't go drinking and partying. Keep it, you know, good, clean fun. And we did have a hypnotist there. Ooh. And he brought a bunch of people up on stage. Of course, I thought this was all completely stupid, but what are you going to do? You're stuck there all night. But one of the things that he, quote unquote, hypnotized them to do was later on, the DJ in the cafeteria would play Baby Got Back and they would all have to get up and make fools of themselves (laughs) and do crazy dances. And they did. Of course. Um, and it's it's what I always <laughs> remember. Like, <laughs> it was so stupid. Uh, the hypnotist at my lock-in for graduation. Sounds about right. Good times. It was actually Good. the whole thing was sort of lame. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's that's definitely like, what do we do to entertain? Like, some mom is like, what do we do to entertain these kids? Well, yeah. I know. Hypnotist. I seem to remember they catered in Taco Bell in the cafeteria, oh, well, which is what I liked I mean, the best. Oh, I'd be into yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh, I have one last so note low. on Baby Got Back. Um, <laughs> Wikipedia <laughs> made a note that it passes the Bechdel test because the two Valley girls at the beginning are talking about... About another, another woman. woman. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Oh, Great. my God. It's a feminist anthem. We're, we're stretching the bounds of the Bechdel test. <laughs> I know. Yep. I don't think we yep, need to one. apply it to everything. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, let's progress through the 90s. I'm shocked that this song is so early in the 90s. Same. Yeah. I don't remember it until maybe it took a little while to gather some steam. I picked it because I just randomly thought of it, like, in the shower or something the other day. And it's it's Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah. <laughs> Such, Such a, a dumb name. name. <laughs> All I want from 1992. Oh, so I, 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 actually, I love this song. Like, I actually like generally enjoy yeah, this song. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think I'd ever even seen the video before today. And, like, I can see how it got to be a hit. The singer slash lead guitarist is young. He's, yeah, I think he was, like, 23 or 24 at the time. And he was cute. And so the video, like, heavily featured him. It's and so like the early bassist, 90s. Yeah, the like bassist and drummer were like back in the background because yep. they weren't nearly as good looking. Yep. And I I don't know, he's appealing in some 
some way. But honestly, I've never known anything more about that song than than that because it's just the name of the band that always stuck in my head. So I was on the Wikipedia page today. Um, It's from a Monty Python sketch, guys. What? Of course. Yep. A Monty Python comedy sketch in which a journalist delivers a nonsensical music news report. They were just like they couldn't agree on a band name, so they just used this as a silly placeholder. And then... Never got rid of the placeholder. Yeah, and so there's a there's a, an interesting quote uh, in the Wikipedia page, which is where I get all my um, information these days. From Eric Idle, the sketch's original performer <laughs> reflected on the band's name in a 1999 performance. Quote: I once wrote a sketch about rock musicians, and I was trying to think of a name that would be so silly nobody would ever use it or dream it would ever be used. So I wrote the words, Toad the Wet Sprocket. (laughs) And a few years later, I was driving along the freeway in LA and a song came on the radio and the DJ said, that was by Toad the Wet Sprocket. And I nearly drove off the freeway. Can't blame him. Yeah. Hey, listen, I like all I want. I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a decent song. It's a I, great it's song. It's sort of burned into my brain. Like, I, I, it's one of those songs that just feels like it's in a rut because I've heard it, I don't know, probably two million times. Yeah. Yep. Um, I used so I don't to con- love it. but I used to confuse, uh, not confuse, but like in my head, the two like pillars of this exact type of music, which was alternative, but like not dangerous alternative were Toad the Wet Sprocket and Gin Blossoms. And I was more of a Toad the Wet Sprocket fan than I was. I I mean, I like Jealousy fine, but like I really liked All I Want. Like non-threatening alt rock. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I kind of quibble with this. I know, Anne, that you were like one-ish hit wonders because they have that walk on the ocean. Walk on the ocean. I don't Walk know. Walk on the ocean. Step, step on the shore. On the shore. Yeah. <laughs> Flesh becomes water. I don't Gross. know. <laughs> yep. I know. Yeah. So, so in, in reading, again, the aforementioned Wikipedia article, um, <clears throat> they got together uh, when they were teenagers. Like that lead singer was 15 and the Damn. other two were 19 and they got together. And this uh, this album that had actually those two songs – um, was their third album. Wow. And they, and that was like, Damn. I don't know. God, they got, uh, 1991. So they'd only been together for five years and they put out three albums and they, they Damn. hit gold. And then, I don't know, they didn't do anything after that. Prolific. Well, well, they broke up in 1998, but, uh, they do have a webpage and they are actively performing these days. So, I guess somebody could go see them if they wanted to. What, I like don't the want to. Regional fair. Yeah. Yes. Not, like, yes. not for. I would never want to go see somebody for one song. You know what I mean? No, no. no. I couldn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about a one song purchase later on. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Toad the Wet Sprocket. Comes from Monty Python. Love it. Yep. Good pull. Let's see. All right. So we're coming to the first of Hillary's, which honestly, I did not remember. Until uh, I pulled up the video, and then I was like, oh, right. Same. Uh, okay, this was a song that I think, okay, so I was, it came out in 1993. I was probably starting to feel like I was a cool teen, not like a loser middle schooler anymore. I was a high schooler now, so I could like like 
more edgy stuff. Now, this is not edgy, mm. but it is about a somewhat edgy topic because we played it in the office the other day. I was like, oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we just played that out loud. Um, <laughs> the song is Laid by James. And I believe when I got my license, we used to drive around blasting that song. Um, it's really I mean, short. It's the very audacity of just going by James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. I've heard there's this so a billion many times with that. Name had gone to my head. I could not have come up with the name of it. Or well, you know, it's funny because his, in my head, its name is the name of the song is, is "Laid by James." Like I don't, I like just paired them up in my head, so I always sort of knew what it was. But yeah, I love the song. I love blasting it, much like when Missy, friend of the show, got her license and well, she didn't even get her license. She got her car and she had her learner's permit but she was about to turn 16 and we were like okay let's go drive around she's like my parents let me drive around like up and down the block but like we can't go that much farther and we drove around blasting closer by nine inch nails and we <laughs> thought Ooh. we were hot shit like we were like this is so mm-hmm. horny i want to fuck you like an animal <laughs> I know. and we're like bla- i mean the most residential street like it is nothing <laughs> but houses like it's not like we were you on a major middle street. class texas <laughs> teenagers i know we're like yeah Who are you Oh, we thought we were shit. Um, anyway, so James Lade kind of goes into that where it was like kind of edgy, but not really. It doesn't say any bad words. It just but talks he about does some girl. say she only comes when, only she comes on, when she's, she's on, on top, top, which did not. I did not know anything about anything when this song was out. So I had no clue what he was talking about. Was just I like, don't think I whatever. really. I thought it was like a euphemism for sex. And I'm like, no, no, he's just actually... <laughs> Yeah, this is how the conservative parents groups making such a fuss about this stuff. Nobody, when you're listening to that kind of music at that age, you don't know what they're talking about. No idea. Them getting all up in, you know, Tipper Gore wanting to put advisory (laughs) stickers on everything just wants us, makes us want to check it out more because we know there's something bad. Of course. I just like glossed right over it. I had no idea what they were talking about and I didn't care. I, I think maybe ask. I, and I don't even think I knew what laid meant. No, nope, like sure. I don't like I I maybe had heard it, but I didn't really. I and mean, then I didn't want to ask anybody. Like I didn't want it to be embarrassing to be like, what does that mean? I well, I didn't know that, that, that back was a synonym for your butt when it came to this mix a lot. Like no, it's an I mean, I figured that one me. out pretty quick. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like I had context. no, I yeah, context uh, helped with that one, but I just had no knowledge of that beforehand. Yeah. No, no. Um, and reading their Wikipedia, I think that they're like loosely together. I mean, I think what they were was a credit um, because they're from Manchester. So they're sort of a predecessor to like the blur oasis kind of mm. English thing. And they just they just had the one song and then that was kind of it. for but the video. Did either of you watch the video? Uh-uh, no, but I vaguely remember. I, it. I watched it- the beginning of it. It looks like, well, yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing either, but it looks like he's supposed to be in a psychiatric facility or something. Yes. But yeah. he he's has handcuffs, handcuffs on yep. one hand that aren't attached <laughs> to anything. And there's an iron in the background. And I'm like, mm. I've worked at a psychiatric hospital. Nobody has an iron, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very good weapon. <laughs> it's so, I, you know, I always go back to this, that the 90s were so this time, like, you know, on like, end of history on we like what are we you know we we beat communism and there's no active wars i mean though there are there for us white people there are no like active wars or anything like what are we gonna talk about and it was sort of this about yeah and it was sort of this time where it was like this misplaced like 
angst or I don't know reaction to Thatcher and Reagan or whatever but it, it, you know we all kind of didn't know what was going on at the time so yeah it's a little it's a little funny the um symbolism and this stuff I'm like what does that mean scary like girl that. interrupted yes yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. uh yep so that's it James Laid. oh boy Man. Staying in 1993. Yep, continuing. Um, Yeah, so I chose Deep Blue Something, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yep. Which, honestly, I know less about that band than I knew about Toad the Wet Sprocket. (laughs) I was literally, before we started recording, just sitting there, like, thumbing through to be like, no, what's their deal? So, of course, you have a connection to them, Hillary, because they were founded in Denton, Texas. Yes, by brothers Todd Winter. and Toby Pipes. <laughs> what? That's not. Those aren't real names. That's a lot of good bands come out of Denton. Denton. Well, um, University of North Texas is actually which is where Missy and Emma went to college. It's a really good public music school. They have a. Re- I'm not gonna. I think they're jazz. Missy's gonna have to correct me. They have a really good music school. Like that's and it's public, so it's a little bit more accessible. Um, and so a lot of good music comes out of there. A lot of good bands come out of there. And it's a relatively, it's um, about 45 minutes north of Dallas. So it's it's close enough to a major metropolitan area, but it's really affordable. And it's kind of cool. That's town, where I used so. to drive to pick Colin up from school. Yeah, yeah right. Emily was right, right. surgery. Surgery, right, right, right. Yep. Um, but yes, I, um, this was, God, this song, it just like blew up. <laughs> yep. Sure did. Well, and this is the one that I teased before that is attached to like a really, really strong memory in my book, in my book, in my mind, in my book of a (laughs) mind, (laughs) because when I went to college in, so this was 1995. So this, I guess, song had been gathering steam for a while, but um, I met my roommate who, as I said, was totally into music. And it was a, like a couple of, it was like the weekend before school started and she had a job in the computer lab as like a computer monitor in like an engineering building or something or whatever. And she was working and I went there to visit or something. I don't know why. And there was nobody there because it was Labor Day weekend, I do believe. And so nobody was in the computer lab. It was just the two of us. And we pushed the wheelie chairs around the corridor of that whole floor. It was a big square and had wheelie chair races. And she went um, to the whiteboard and wrote all the lyrics to Breakfast at Tiffany <laughs> from memory <laughs> and played the song on the radio. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. That's and I know, I know nothing of the verses. I only know the chorus. <laughs> but goddamn, what a chorus it is. Yes, it is. This one's also it- burnt. This was the time in my life where I was very attached to the radio and I would listen to the radio in my room nonstop and all night long. So it would play all (laughs) night while I slept. And so I think that's why this era of song is so burnt into my brain is because I I, subconsciously was listening to them all 24 hours a day. Yep. The only other interesting thing about this song from Wikipedia is uh, that the lyrics of the song were inspired by the Audrey, by Audrey Hepburn's performance in the feature film Roman Holiday. You don't say. <laughs> but they thought that the Hepburn film Breakfast at Tiffany's would make a better song title. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. The video um, is ridiculous. It looks like it was filmed on a flip phone. Um, <laughs> and they clearly didn't have any budget because they're just 
having dinner out on the street in New York City outside of Tiffany's. Um, and oh some God. of it is they're driving around on a truck <laughs> in New York City, and the other is they're like in a field. <laughs> Is that like guerrilla filmmaking? Like they have a little like fold up table totally. with a couple of yes. chairs and they're like, yep, quick, totally. put the table out. <laughs> yep. I am. Um, my one memory with this song is, well, one, it played all the time. And I think I thought for so long that it was like local because I knew they were from Denton. I'm like, I wonder if this plays other places. And I guess it did. But um, this was my greatest weekend. I went one night to Tom Petty. Um and the next day, and my dad was so mad at me because he had to drive me to this venue, which it, it was like an outdoor venue. We thought it was really cool. Anyway, he, I, he took me to Tom Petty that night. And it was like, they're kind of late. I made out with a boy from Santa Fe. I thought it was very cool. And <laughs> then the next day I went to Edge Fest, which was like, oh my the Edge God. was like, I can't believe I did wow. this. Two, I can't believe my parents let me do this two days in a row. But then Edge Fest was like the local um, alternative station and Deep Blue Something played there and I was like I have to hear this song I have to hear this song like it was the song it's the song that was there so once important. I was very exciting oh yeah it was so important I wonder who else played at Edge Fest hmm, that would be 1994 let's see real quick while you look that up I just gotta say that when I was listening to the lyrics it's basically about like a breakup and the guy is desperately casting about for something they have in common. And he's like, what about this movie? And she's like, I oh. guess we liked it kind of. So that I think is a great basis for keeping a relationship alive that you both sort of like the movie. And she said, I think I remember the film. Yeah, man, that is a thin thread, dude. Yeah, it is. Um, God, I, the Edge Fest lineups are really hard to come by, but um, <laughs> Stay tuned. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep looking. Ooh, God, was this it? I wonder if this was it. Maybe it was 1993. Anyway, I know they played, but the ones I find are no. This was not it. No, never mind. I'll come back to it because I have to find. This is Ontario. It was like the Lemonheads because I did. Oh my God, I loved Evan Dando. Oh man, so my much. sister was, I was in love with him. Love <laughs> with him. They didn't really have. I mean, I guess they had the one song. I wasn't as into. I wasn't as into it. I thought I wanted something. But they had the one song that came out later, I think their second album, but they did the Mrs. Robinson redo. I don't know why, oh, yeah. but they redid Mrs. And I thought it was, I thought it was very cool for liking that. Um, I guess the last thought about Deep Blue Something is, like you were saying, Hillary, if it came on the radio one time, I would totally enjoy it. If it came on the radio two times, oh, I'd start to no. be irritated. No, thank you. <laughs> if it came on the radio more than that, I'd be like, get me out of here. I've like, I think I have met my quota of that song. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, fully agree. Yeah, that that one's... Um, okay, the Violent Films and Crash Test Dummies played at Edge Fest in 1994. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Very nice. It's a good one. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, are we all going right. to 1994? Yes, let's move along. Uh, this song is seared into my soul, as I think it is in the the souls of many then teenagers. Yes. Okay. My song is Stay by Lisa Loeb. Although I think it was like Lisa Loeb and the Nine Stories or something. She had ostensibly had a band, but it was it was all about Lisa Loeb. I mean, the artfully directed video by Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Which starts with a cat that looks exactly like Wonky Aww. standing on a chair. On a very um, uncomfortable looking chair that's just wires. 
It was on the soundtrack to Reality Bites. Weirdly, it only played over the credits. Like, it's not in the movie. It just plays over the credits. It was... This is the song that I remember being in PE. We were playing tennis or something. And I remember saying to my tennis partner, I think I could sing this song without any of the, like, music. Like, I think I could just sing it off the cuff. And I think I did. It's not, like, a very complicated song. But it was... I, it was just everywhere. And still to this day, even like my coworker, we're like, yeah, we can sing. We know all of the lyrics yeah, to the song. I know all the little noises she makes. I also, I heard her, I think she makes music sort of now. I mean, she's still sort of in the scene, but I, I think she like hosts maybe a serious FM, whatever, does something on there. But um, she's, I've heard her on podcast before and she's still she's very she sounds like how she sounds she has an eyeglass line and she seems like say, you she know so famous for those cat eye cl- glasses yes. and she yes. for video, being the one woman who wore glasses who and wore yeah. glasses yeah. Yeah. in so the music crazy. industry yes and I just it was a charming little song and I loved her little dress I thought it was really yeah, cute she's about, wearing this like velvet baby doll dress which was oh such my God, a it thing it was such so a 90s yeah wearing a little dress with tights and like combat boots yeah. oh that's my dream so oh so cute <laughs> oh my gosh anyway this one I don't even have anything it's just like a part of my soul like I've heard it so many times I do I want to hear it every day no but like it just it was a part of the soundtrack of my life, and it was just on all the time. It yep. was always on. Yep. I found myself getting pretty bored with it when I was yes. when I was watching the video. I was like, "Gosh, she's just okay. like walking around in an empty <laughs> apartment in New York City that would cost ten thousand dollars a month to I rent know. now." I know, um, and it feels like you're getting lectured to. Like you feel like you're her boyfriend and you're in trouble <laughs> for some reason. I was like, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> And now that I am leaving. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it was... She was talking on that thing, and she was like, yeah, Ethan just said, like, I'll I'll record you walking around. And, yeah, it's not... It was both, like, an unremarkable video. But, uh, yeah, unremarkable, but very impactful video. Actually, that whole soundtrack, that soundtrack... um, the single soundtrack, which I think I have purchased in like 45 different versions because I lose it. Now I can just listen on Spotify. Um, there, are, I mean, soundtracks were definitely a thing and, and music would get really popular from like those various movies. Even if the movies weren't like crazy popular, the soundtracks just like lived yeah. on. Yeah. Do we have a song like recent? Is that still a thing? Songs that are hits from movies? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't either that not really because mm. I feel like they use like pre-existing songs that aren't necessarily made for the movie and that were like already popular for another reason. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think. I mean, the Barbie soundtrack actually has spun, but like this is the different. This is the thing. I know about this because I listen to um, like Kiss FM with the kids because they want to listen to it and like. Um, what's her face? Who's the one? I don't love her music that much, but Dula, um, the, her Dua name Lipa? is Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa. Yeah. Yes. Like Dua Lipa has a song on there that's like good and it's really popular. And I think uh, Billie Eilish has one, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not as much of a thing. It's, it's really not. Maybe because the movie industry is sinking. There's no natural tie into that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I'm looking at the ta- songs that are tagged soundtrack in my iTunes library, and it's all Hamilton. Oh, oh well, yes. 
That's something yeah. else. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Original OBC. That doesn't really, that's not a soundtrack. I mean, I don't think of a musical as being like a soundtrack. No, I don't you know? think that really counts. It's, it's more just like if the songs are kind of backgrounded to the movie. Mm-hmm. There's that Taylor Swift song from the Hunger Games. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but that. Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy so, songs, I guess. Well, that's like mixtape songs, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I got nothing. Hmm. No, was, uh, the 90s were definitely a soundtrack. Heavy time. I remember I had the Pretty Woman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved the. Um, What's that Swedish band? Um, let's see. Pretty Woman soundtrack. Well, it had Go West on there. King of Wishful Thinking. Fuck yeah. Oh, my I can, God. I, I love that song. Oh boy. Um, That's another one. I did not. I am the king of... I didn't I, love it, but it was it is burned into my brain. Uh, wild. Oh, Roxette. It must have been love. <laughs> I love oh, Roxette. Oh, boy. There's a song, a rock set song, where they say, rock set. And I always, like, loved that part. I was like, yes, get to the part where you say your name. <laughs> oh, stupid. All right. All right. Year? Oh, are we back at my year? Okay. I th- yes, I think we are. All right. This is this so is this- 90s. Like, it, it, it's <laughs> it like, a, it, like a, yeah, Woof. it's like a knife in my brain. Yeah. Not uh, in a bad yeah. way. Just is. No, well, no, it could be in a bad way. Okay, so... <laughs> There was another song that I really liked that it was similar to this by this song. The song called Cumbersome by Seven Mary Three. I also did this where I bought this. It's a terrible song, but I did learn what the word cumbersome was by that song. I had to (laughs) like, I was like, what is that? I know. Anyway, that's not the song I picked. The song I picked, and Missy will know, and so will Emily, because they made so much fun of me for this, is the song Counting Blue Cars by Dishwall. (laughs) (laughs) Dishwall. Okay. I don't know why I really connected with the song. He Calls God a Woman. I thought that was cool. Um, That was a thing in the 90s. Apparently, I know, um, so Ed Joan Osborne get left off this yes. list. Yep. I know. I didn't love that song. So like, I that was a song she had a nose ring. She was cool. I know. She was very I know. Cool. Well, I do you remember Jane Child? I also tr- like she sang it. She also had a nose ring in the early nineties, and I she was like my icon. Um, I don't know why Joan Osborne didn't do it for me, but um, Counting Blue Cars for some reason really hit Hillary nineteen ninety five Hillary. I also think I must have like just got my license just got my car and it was like this feels very cool like this feels like a cool song for me to listen to while i'm driving my car um and it didn't they didn't have a single for like there wasn't a single or a cd single or anything so i bought the entire cd <laughs> and missy and emily made so much fun of me like what like the name is so stupid and apparently it is the band's name comes from a Hindi term for a person providing satellite TV to a neighborhood. Okay. Cool. Well, that's cool. I'm sure, I don't think anybody in this is Indian, I don't think. So, anyway, yeah, that song is very, very, very silly. Everything about it is so 90s. You don't think Again. that Rodney Browning Cravens, the lead guitarist, has Indian <laughs> heritage? Mm-hmm. You never know. I don't know. Um, okay, but the thing about that really just like brings us all kind of full circles. So they obviously broke up at some point because like, I, that is like the one song and like, honestly it wasn't even that popular, but like it was popular in my heart and soul. Um, it was they popular. Come on. Yeah, it was <laughs> um, but then it says currently during the summer of 2017 in support of the new album, the band joined the 
quote, rockin' road trip 17 tour, sharing the stage with notable acts such as Fuel, ugh, loved Fuel, ugh. Marcy Playground, <laughs> speaking of sex and candy, and the Gin Blossoms and others. Ugh, the summer dates included the appearance at the Sa- Santa Barbara Bowl on whatever in September with Tears for Fears. Well, Tears for Fears is not. That is 180s and two. They actually have like a number of, yep. of uh, hits. Um. Anyway, that that's my that was my ninety that was my eight. I mean, it's perfect. It's nineteen ninety five. That is my yep. apex nineties. Is Dishwalla counting blue cars? That's very 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 nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so my God, Good pick. Um, oh, yeah. All right, let's go back to me because I think we'll save Meredith's song for last. Cool. <laughs> says so much. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, the the other thing that really just thrust its its consciousness, it <laughs> mm-hmm. thrust its Head into my, I, you know, stop and stop. Wow, <laughs> you know what I mean. Deep. Was Eagle Eye Cherry Save tonight? Yep, for yep. 1997. Save tonight and fight the break. Fight the break don't come tomorrow. <laughs> and the whole song is about let's you know cherish this one night together because I have to go tomorrow and I wish I didn't, but I do. And I was like, why? Did yeah. you like enlist in the military? Are you going to space or? You have to go back to your like, girlfriend. <laughs> like, yeah. What's this? Like, you just want to fuck this girl yeah. and then leave sure and be like, does it? it. <laughs> yes. But like, it was such a cool song, and he was it such was. a cool looking, like a black guy from Sweden. Yes. It's not something that you see every day, and I felt like he had maybe a little bit more musical talent than yes. some He's like the group. He has an interesting life. I was reading about yes. him, and he is like got some Choctaw heritage in him because his mother like from his mother's side and she was an artist um, so he has kind of like an avant-garde like family and history um, uh, you know his sister is sings one of my favorite songs no huh? Nina Cherry sings uh, Buffalo Stance no do you remember that yes oh. I think it's like his I remember when he came out everybody was like oh he's related to Nina Cherry and I was like oh really okay let's 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 this is me going from, you know, uh, 1997. But yes, and I remember being in like somebody's random car in college. And yeah, he's the half brother of singer Nina Cherry. Um, and his actual being- name is Eagle Eye. Eagle dash I. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that's a stage name, surely. But <laughs> nope. 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 It is not. That's what happens when your mom is uh, an artist. I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember sitting in somebody's car, I don't know, going to probably Taco Bell late at night, and that song just like blasting. It was like, yeah, this is this is the soundtrack to like 1997 slash 1998. This is this we're feeling it. Yep. He and was I, in high school with Jennifer Aniston and Chaz Bono. Oh wow! <laughs> oh okay. So did not grow up in Sweden then. Uh, sent to New York City for school in high school when he was there. Like, we go. 12? I was gonna yeah, say. I think I would have heard about it if Jen Aniston went to school in Europe for yeah, yeah, no. any length no, of time. Yeah, yeah I, like, I always liked this song because, like I said, I felt like he had a little bit more talent than some of the other people that were coming out. But then I yep. watched the video again today, and I'm like, hmm, this really is kind of kind of one note. <laughs> like, it's very... Some, the video is like every Tyler Perry movie because he plays every character in it. <laughs> <laughs> But that was still cool. And then yeah. You know, it also reminds me, like, his musicianship is good. It's not like he has a bad voice or anything. But there was this, 
and this guy is actually a very talented songwriter because he's written some musicals and stuff, but the singing style is like, do you remember Duncan, Duncan Sheik? Oh, yeah. that song, Barely Breathing. Yep. So I used to always say he's like talk singing. It's like, I am barely breathing and I can't get, like, it's not, there's like not a lot of emotion. Like sometimes with the Eagle Eye Trade, it's like, fight the break of dawn, come. I mean, that's my interpretation. Like three yeah. notes in the whole song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it, I was just going to say, is a pretty, they use a narrow range. It's not like a really expanded vocal range on yes. any of this stuff. No. No, you got got to hit a couple notes and you're all good. Yep. Leave the other notes to Mariah Carey. We she's got alternative. All the notes. Alternative is being like, I don't need that much. It's like I, we're gonna play it super low key. Yep. Yeah. Wouldn't want anybody one. to think we're excited about anything. No, that <laughs> no, would be so uncool. <laughs> oh, it's lame. <laughs> all right, let's do it, Meredith. The this finale. Wait, I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Okay, I don't think any list of one-hit wonders would be complete without my namesake, Meredith Brooks, and the 1997 (laughs) hit, Bitch. (laughs) Talk about scandalous for like, oh my god, she can just say that word on MTV? I know. And she's talking about herself? Herself? She's calling herself a bitch? Um, This is a female empowerment ballad. (laughs) Golly. Um, also won a couple Grammys, um, and this video was such a 90s, like, time capsule. It's basically, like, she's got tiny eyebrows, I think she's got a nose ring, she's wearing two slips as a dress over top of each other, one's white and one's black, and they have the lace trim and spaghetti straps. Um, she's got real stringy hair. There's like little yep. braids in it. Um, of half of the video is shot in a fisheye lens, and there's like a <laughs> of the fisheye lens. Why? <laughs> Why was that such a big deal? And I think this is really capitalizing on like the Alanis Morissette yes. ishness yes. of, of yes. the late '90s, and like, oh, ladies can do crazy songs too. <laughs> this <laughs> like, this song that always, for whatever reason, gets paired in my head with. Um, Sean Colvin, Sonny Came uh, Home. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. And I I I was irritated with this song the second it came out because of her <laughs> of name. Of course. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, I had hardly ever met another Meredith in my entire life. And then she's everywhere with this song <laughs> called Bitch, and it's an annoying song. And I was like, cool, great. This is what everyone's going to associate with me forever now. <laughs> and luckily, uh, Grey's Anatomy came out. And then kind of swept oh, that away. Oh, there's yeah. a new Meredith. Yeah, of course. There's a new Meredith in town. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, that Meredith Brooks, um, Sean Colvin, because they were all like n- not so young. I mean, they weren't old. I'm sure they were probably 30, but they seemed like more mature to me. So it's well, like they Meredith all kind Brooks of. Brooks is 1958. So. Oh, wow. So yeah, she was. A, she, she was, was almost not... 40. She yeah, could she, have I actually mean, been a mother. As she claimed. I don't know if she was or not. Um, that um, her, Also, Natalie Merchant sort of was like in that. And Paula Ugh. Cole. Oh, yeah. Paula Cole was really like, where have all the cowboys gone? And the in the Good Dawson's question. Creek. Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot about that song. <laughs> I know. I was just uh, like thrust into revulsion at Natalie I know. Cole. I did not I know. like. Ooh, I, I didn't, didn't either. 
No. I didn't either. And I every time a song came on, I, I like Sarah McLaughlin a lot. Actually, like I the, that one that's about the creepy stalker. I like loved that song, and I thought it was romantic until I really listened to the lyrics, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, I went through okay. a serious phase with her. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, Natalie Merchant. Every time her songs came on, I was like, Ugh, She had kind God. of an annoying vibe about her. I don't know what it yes. was, but there was something yeah. about her that was just irritating to me. Yeah, I agree. I did not like not her, into her. Speaking of people who video. did not have vocal range, that really, no. really irritated no. me. Yeah. It was really thin, like super thin. Yeah, not did not enjoy, did not enjoy that. God, I mean, we could keep going. There's so many songs that I think about <laughs> that I'm like, well, what about that one? And then, you know, the 90s had like, there's some like, you know, house dance hits of the early 90s that I really liked that I think were one hit wonders. Or then you get yeah, to like House the, of Pain. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Well, oh, we had to god. leave something for our listeners to yes. write to us about, so we couldn't have I chosen know. every song. Because there's, there's also, a lot. And Bobby's going to have to do a follow up show because yes, he is. He's, he's so sad. sad. He be here, yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm sure. Yeah, Christy has feelings. I know. And then there's some that are like, um, they. This was not a one hit wonder, but I. <laughs> This is like me getting stoned with my friends and listening to Glycerine by Bush. Bush, (laughs) (laughs) And I thought Gavin Rossdale was speaking of a band who's like all like basically based on the fact that their lead singer is really hot. And like, I don't know what anybody else looks like, but we were like, God, Gavin Rossdale is so hot. My guy friends in high school like would play that on the guitar outside of school every day. (laughs) And I just thought it was so impressive. (laughs) Oh, man. The 90s. Mm. What a time. What a time. Good riddance. Yeah. So I guess question of the week? Is that where we are? Yes. People, what's your 90s one-hit wonder? What's the song that we have totally forgotten about until you write in and we go, oh, Oh, please (laughs) We know there are some. There's so many that we're forgetting. Please. What was on the radio of your life? Yes, please. I know. I'm sure there's some like country ones, like some country. I mean, like Aggie Breaking Heart, but I'm not going to. I mean, no, I don't want to talk about that, but I'm sure there's other ones. There's got to be some Faith Hill stuff, right? Yes. Only she's not one hit wonder. Maybe. Oh, yes. Or like there's some. The 90s were so big on country. I mean, Garth Brooks sort of dominated everything, and so did Shania Twain. But there's same were one hit wonders though. Gretchen Wilson with um, Redneck. Oh yeah, 2000s though, right? No, I feel like that came out when I was in early college. And then there's like Strawberry Wine. I loved that song. We could do. I feel like we could do like ten shows on one hit wonders and not run out of material. (laughs) No, Deanna Carter. That is who sang Strawberry Wine. Okay, all right. Yes. <laughs> what nineties one hit wonders? Let us let us hear it. And if it's a two hit wonder, I'm okay with that. Obviously, yeah, we'll accept it. Yes, maybe we'll make a little <laughs> tishy nineties one hit wonder Spotify playlist. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, okay, I'm going to move us into tishy recommends. Okay, I just want to caveat this is saying I am not an Adam Sandler person. Like I don't oh, hate me him. neither. But I don't like I like I laughed at Happy Gilmore, I guess. But that's like the depth of my knowledge. Well, I mean, I think I watch like the one where he's the you don't dad need to or whatever. Have depth of anything with Adam no. Sandler. No, I, I like don't. the Hanukkah song. Yeah. To, yes. And I respect that's the fact about that, it. He's, that he's like, I like to I make a lot of money and I still wear shorts. And I'm like, all right, you know, you do you. 
Anyway, so <laughs> he made this movie called You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. It is starring his daughter, which I was like, Ooh, oh, God, you know, how's that going to play? And it is he is in it. Like, he is in it. He's not... He's just the dad, though. Like, it's not about the dad. It is about his daughter. An acting stretch for him. Yes. Yeah. Who's about to have her bat mitzvah. And it's summertime, so the only school is, like, their Jewish school and or Hebrew school. And um, it's kind of, it's about, like, tweens. Like, it's about basically Bridget's age and how kind of cruel they can be. And it's so confusing. And you have best friends that you're silly with. And then, you know, then you like a boy. And, and that somebody else likes him and you're trying to be cool also. And you want to fit in with the cool girls. And also you want this like blowout, but it's, and your parents are like, that's not ha-. like, she's like, I want to do a leap at my bought And they're like, no, I mean, they're not supposed to be Adam Sandler. They're it's just as it's like Adam right. Sandler and Dina Menzel as just like the parents. Um, anyway, I found the girl, her, the, I think her name is Sunny um, Sandler. I found her very sweet. His other daughter is there. It also plays his daughter, but she's like kind of a side character in it. She was very funny. It's just as a charming little movie. I and I it was fully, cute. Yeah, it, it's cute. And I cried at the end. So, um, you know, it's like there's nothing deep about it. It just is a reminder of what I went through sort of and what my daughter's about to go through with just friendship and boys. And you hope that they have really good friends that they can feel comfortable and silly with and not always trying to be cool all the time growing up and Jewish that, in New York City yes oh <laughs> and um I did learn something okay so there's the kind of like lead boy in this um he has this kind of hair that I like I feel like every boy has which is just sort of like a shag kind of curly messy do mm-hmm. um and Bridget told Bridget was telling me about some boy that all the girls like she's like I don't like him which I kind of think maybe means she does like him, but I don't like him. But he he has that hair. It's you know it's like palm tree hair, and I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, you know, it goes like down and then it goes out. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I get what she means. The boy in this has palm tree hair. It is very just like it's like mop hair. I think Victor Bridget- has that too. Yes, yeah. I think most uh, you know little white boys yeah. have. This I mean, I'm just glad we've moved past the Justin Bieber hair because that was oh, not too no. really dreadful. Though, honestly, like <laughs> it's it's because it's like less done than that. It's yeah. more just like I just woke up and my hair is just like I don't care. I don't care. So but yeah, the Justin I Bieber Google like swoop. palm tree hair, <laughs> palm tree hairstyle. Well, now I don't think this is what you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is wild. No, no, that's not what I was talking not about. It. It's not so uh, ah, palm tree hairstyle boy. No, it's no, more palm it's trees. Like a, it's like mop hair. I mean, it's like mop hair boy. The other hairstyle that's in, which I just don't, I can't, is the, uh, is the, whatchamacallit, is the, mullet like a stylish mullet and i just i can't with this okay this gentleman is way older but i'm sending this image um because i can't find and i don't really want to shoot like search tween because that feels weird but it's like (laughs) this sort of come on my little internet is being a little bit slow processing uploaded file i found an article t- called top 50 sassy haircuts for teen boys oh, to stay ahead of the yeah game. yeah 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 i mean that's an adult man but yeah that's what victor's hair th- looks like yeah, it's a little yeah. bit shorter i don't think i always think of that as hair hat size. hair like they've been wearing a ball cap all day yeah. and the hair yes. is long enough that it's like curling out from underneath it and then they take yeah. the yes. hat off yes yeah. 
Yeah, I guess he's that's cute. an old boy's he's kind of got a big He's nose, very cute. But I like I him. I know. You know me. I love a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Timothy Chalamet probably has that hair. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, anyway, it's very cute. It's on Netflix, so completely accessible. I think that Netflix is paying him, um, Adam Sandler, approximately $100 billion yeah. um, a year to produce stuff. All right. I think it's time to get involved with the show. Our website is theshowhaseverything.com. Um, please join our Facebook group. That's where you can answer our question of the week. Uh, our show Twitter doesn't exist, and neither should Twitter, and neither hmm. does Twitter. Um, so Yeah, whatever. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a little um, digression. Sorry, I know mm, we're ending the no, show, but this is ahead. a very important question that I have to ask. If I decide I don't want to call Twitter X, does that mean that I'm like denying its chosen name and <laughs> <laughs> dead naming it? I think I might be. Am I? <laughs> I want to be I, an ally. I think that it's, is okay with Twitter since Elon Musk yeah. owns it. Yeah, okay. it's inanimate. Every news better. article says on X, the social... Formerly Twitter. Known as Twitter. <laughs> yeah. so Nay, Twitter. No one's ever going to just call it X, I don't think. I mean, hopefully it, it, the whole platform dies before yeah. I'm forced yeah. to call it by the new name. Yeah. It, oh, he's so he's doing weird. a great job of killing it. So Sure yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, I'm sorry. That was a very important oh, um, it's a, question it's, that I had. It's fine. <laughs> um, what's never going to go away or change to something stupid is our email address, which is tshishow at gmail.com. Um, and that is where you can write us a, an email or you can send us a voice memo, record it on your phone, and just email it to us. And we'll either play it on the show or if you don't want us to, we won't. Um, and again, our AOL t- keyword is T-shape. That will never change as well. <laughs> never. Uh, AOL forever. Speaking of the 90s. Uh, thank you for joining us. And that was not at all everything about our <laughs> no. one-hit wonder no. favorite songs. No. Please no. give us more. It's just a little crush. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make-